Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We are glad you are joining us. Before we get into this week's message, we would like to remind you to follow us on Instagram or visit weareresonate.ca. Enjoy this week's message. Well, we are in week number four of a series that we've called We Are a Movement. We are, not we're going to be, not one day we're going to be, no, no, we are a movement. And Pastor Shane's been reminding us each and every week that we love moments, don't we? Like, we love moments in the presence of God. Like, I'm thankful for moments of worship like we just had. I'm thankful that my right ear is a little bit more deaf because of Stephen Wong's mix this morning right here. But this little square, six feet by three feet, there's moments that have happened in that spot right there, moments in the presence of God in my life, moments of worship, moments of having the Bible taught to me, understanding and truth. Right here, I've had moments, but here's the problem. The problem is if moments stay moments, that's a problem. Moments aren't meant to just be moments for us. Moments are meant to turn into movements. Moments in the presence of God should turn into movement towards people. So in week number one, Pastor Shane, he kicked things off by talking about we are a movement towards people. It was our Resonate Group's launch Sunday. Maybe you were here for that. Come on, if you are not yet in a Resonate Group, I encourage you again today, get on that group's directory. It is never too late to join a group. I'm telling you right now, the leaders of our small groups, we train them and teach them that if someone shows up one month in, two months in, I don't care if they show up for the last time you're meeting together in this season. Come on, you are loved, you're welcomed, and you can be there. Men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, serve groups, we got it all. Get into community. That was week number one. Week number two, Pastor Shane talked about our movement towards the passerby. Remember that challenge that he gave us? is who are you going to have a conversation with this week, someone you don't know? The barista from Starbucks. Maybe it's the person standing in line behind you, right? Jesus, so often, his movements were geared towards the passerby. Even just this last week, I was on the soccer field coaching Bennett's team, my middle child, and there was a dad who's there, and he kind of helps coach. And I remembered, I'm like, what Pastor Shane was talking about, the passerby, and we'd exchanged some pleasantries, and that's about it in the last few weeks. And so I just, just dug in a bit. How are you doing? What do you do for work, right? Remember, making what's important in their life important to you. Had a chance to hear his growing up years. In fact, heard that he actually went to youth group growing up on the invite of a friend of his. He actually said to me, he said, I actually feel like in my life, I'm actually drawn towards Christian people and what they do. Come on. This is a dad that I had no clue, but we move into the passerby, right? And then last week, I love, I love, I love just the heart of our house here, which is to move towards the broken places in people's lives. And today, in week number four, I get a chance to finish off this series with our movement towards the poor, our movement towards the marginalized, and our movement towards those who are feeling injustice in the world right now. There's three lanes that we do this, and I want to go through those lanes today. But I want to start off by, you know, anytime you hear that we're doing a service about the poor or about kind of meeting the needs in our community, 
don't know if you ever grow up in like a more traditional, a little more old school type church where whenever we knew it was like, it was typically called Mission Sunday, right? And you would show up to church. Come on, all you old school church folks in the room today. Like if you're new to church, this is going to be brand new. You're going to be like, what, what did they do? This is crazy. But you'd show up and you didn't know what to expect on that day, right? You didn't know like all of a sudden you're sitting there and like a KFC bucket kind of hits you in the arm and they're taking up an offering that you weren't expecting. And you're like, oh my gosh, and you're giving because you feel compelled and you feel like, like you need to do this. And then they're like making you sign up for things that you didn't expect to sign up for. We've all been in environments before where you've been asked to do something that you weren't ready for, right? Come on, you've, you've met that new couple somewhere, the playground at school, and they invite you over for dinner, and you're like, oh, they're so gen- They've invited us over for dinner already. This is incredible. And you and your wife show up to dinner at their house, and then you leave their place with like $1,000 worth of Tupperware in your back seat that you just bought off them, you know? You weren't expecting it. You were expecting just dinner, and you left there. You, you know, you're selling Tupperware to your mom and your sister and your friends. That's not what today is about. Here's where we're going to. I'm going to lay it out, the roadmap for this morning, so you know today what we're going to do for 90% of this service is we are going to celebrate what God is already doing in us and through us as a church. We are a movement, and today I'm titling this message, We're Moving. We are moving. And then at the end of the service today, we're going to personalize it for our own hearts and our own lives. Come on, God's heart for you today, not just corporately as a church, but your heart as an individual today. We've been looking at the life of Jesus, an important life to look at in regards to his movements, because his movements mattered. There was thought about his movements and where he went and who he saw and what he did. And I love in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter chapter 4, it talks about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So he's 30 years old. He's yet to start his public ministry. And there he is. We pick up reading in verse 4. It says, And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Come on, somebody. Jesus went to church, okay? He went to church. It was a priority to be in church. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Again, intentionality. He went and found the place where it is written. He didn't just start reading the book of Isaiah. He found where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and he handed it to the attendant and he sat down. Just picture this. So Jesus, he stood up and he's read this part of the Old Testament scripture and he hands the scroll back and he sits down and says, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Day one of the ministry of Jesus, and he's talking about the poor, the captive, the blind, the oppressed. And he wasn't just talking about what he was going to go do. He said, no, no, this is me. This has been fulfilled today. This is who Jesus was. This wasn't just what he did. This was in his DNA. This was who he was. And as a church, 
What I'm so thankful for is that since day one, since day one, this has been our DNA. This is Pastor Shane and Pastor Rachel's heart, is that the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized, that we would be going and reaching towards them. Not a few years in, not somewhere down the road, not let's focus on our Sunday services first. No, since day one, this has been the DNA of our house. It's both corporately as a church and in individual matters. Jesus, his DNA. And church, I feel like this morning I've come to remind somebody here. I don't know who it is, but someone in the room today, I've come to remind you that you are making a difference. You might be stuck in a rut right now. You might be full of fear and anxiety about the future and what's to come. But I'm coming here to tell you today that you are making a difference. In fact, when everything is shutting down and closing up last year, when we were hunkering down for safety and, and everything was out there, it was just saying, do you just be safe. Just protect your family. Get as much toilet paper as you can grab from Costco and stay home. While everyone was doing that, our serve team was moving in. We were moving into those places of hurt. We were moving into those places of pain. I'm so thankful for a church that is a movement when the moment would say we should stop and slow down and shut up and be safe. No, no, no. You are a part of a church that is a movement, a movement towards the poor. And there's three lanes in how we do this. And I want to talk to you today about these three lanes, how we move towards the poor and the marginalized in our church. See, we look at Acts 1 verse 8 as a bit of a leading, guiding verse to us. And he was Jesus. He was talking to his disciples. And his words back then, 2,000 years ago, are just applicable to every single one of us and to his, as a church today. And he says this in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses, where? In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's three separate lanes we're gonna look at today, but notice that Jesus said, you're gonna be my witnesses, right? So when you think about a courtroom, Think about a courtroom setting, right? You've got witnesses, and a witness is someone who just tells their side of the story. That's who Jesus is asking us to do. What's what he's asking us to do is tell our side of the story. He didn't tell us to be the judge. He didn't tell us to be the jury. He definitely didn't say, go be the prosecutor. And I'm with you, but online right now on social media, there's a whole lot of judges, a whole lot of juries, and a whole lot of prosecutors for a whole lot of matters and a lot fewer witnesses. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people you follow out there, right? Come on. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Those are the three lanes that we look at for a church. And today I'm going to start by zooming it out to 30,000 feet, to the ends of the earth. Since day one at Resonate Church, international missions has been a priority of our house. It's been a priority for us. It's one of those things that you'd think maybe as a young church, just starting out, you'd focus on some local missions initiatives and leave the more, the bigger, broader things in the world, maybe to down the road a bit, maybe to some other time. But since day one, international missions has been a priority of our house. Come on, to the ends of the earth, that's what we do. We go to the ends of the earth. And as a church family, there are three partners that we have, Himalayan Life, Compassion Canada, and International Justice Mission. They both, all three have a beautiful way of reaching people 
in need. But the, the theme of all three of these organizations is that they have a relentless pursuit of the poor. A relentless, tireless pursuit of the poor all across the world. Compassion Canada and their child sponsorships and, and how they feed kids and how everything flows through the local church. Did you know that? Compassion Canada, everything flows through the local church in the area. So they're not just feeding kids, they're empowering pastors and church leaders. So it's not just church, or sorry, it's not just feeding kids, it's Jesus that they're getting to. They're empowering the local church all around the world and Himalayan life in Nepal where they're rescuing kids off the street and feeding them poor kids, slave kids, kids that are, that there's, there's sexual trafficking and injustices in that way. They're moving towards these kids and bringing them in, giving them safety, giving them food, programming for them. See, as a church, there's two different lanes we need to view in, in, our, in our relentless pursuit of the poor. One is intangible needs. One simply tangible needs, food, water, shelter, clothing, right? The tangible needs that we supply to those that are in need. But oftentimes I don't think we think about the other side of it, which is the injustice side. There's actually a side of, of fighting for the poor that requires us to fight for justice for the poor because oftentimes when there's poverty, there's a level of vulnerability that just does not exist for the rest of the world. A vulnerability where what little you have is easily taken away from you. It's not just a fight to get people things. It's a fight for justice for the poor. All throughout the Bible, it talks about justice for the poor. In fact, Proverbs 13, it says, A poor person's farm may produce much fruit, much food, sorry, lots of food, but injustice sweeps it all away. Lots of food on the farm, but injustice sweeps it away. I, International Justice Mission they are in a fight against land theft in a place called Uganda in Africa. Here's what happens. A lot of times there's widows and kids that have a small little piece of land. And that's everything to them. That provides food for their family. That provides a means for them to take food to the market and sell it and have a small little income for themselves. But what happens is, is family members or others from their community come in and use violence to kick these women and children off of their land. In one moment, you had a safety security net of your home and your plot of land, and through violence, you've been kicked off that land. Now you're homeless with no food and no means of providing for your kids. Like, can we personalize that for a moment? What would it be like if the house that you bought, where you're raising your kids, someone was able to show up and physically throw you out of that home onto the street and you had to walk away? There was no retribution, nothing you could do about that. All of your sense of security in a moment was lost and IJM is fighting day after day after in the injustices that happened to these women and children, you're a part of that fight in how we give to IJM. You are a part of that fight. In fact, all throughout the Bible, Psalms 82, give justice to the poor and the orphans. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Isaiah 117, learn to do good. Come on, church family. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphan. Fight for the rights of widows. And Micah 6, 8, He's told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? Come on, our ears should perk up a little bit when it's like, what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, 
and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. There's a fight for justice. And I want to, this morning, I want to encourage the men in the room. For every single guy in the room today, and if you're watching online, I want to encourage us to lead in that fight today. I want us to be the first ones to step out. Come on, women and children, they're a part of this fight against injustices too. But as the men in the room, can we be the first ones? I'm praying today that there's a newfound resolve for us as guys. It's how we treat our wives. It's how we treat our daughters. It's who are we looking for in the playgrounds, right? Come on, the single mom that's out there. Are we fighting for the injustices that we see? My prayer today is for us men, for our eyes to be open and for us to engage or maybe re-engage in the fight today. Come on, church, you're a part of making a difference all around the world through our international missions. Next up is our nation. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria represent our nation. It represents Canada. So how do we move towards the poor and the marginalized and the vulnerable in our nation? As we do that through planting churches through the Association of Related Churches. You've heard us talk about it from time to time, that we love church planting. Come on, we are a church plant. Some of you didn't know that. We are a church plant through ARC. We are here today because Pastor Shane and Rachel planted Resonate Church through ARC, and our hope and desire and our prayer is that we would plant churches all across our nation. Why? And this is the incredible thing about planting churches. There is a multiplication effect that happens. Because when you plant a life-giving church like a resonate in a city, they don't, all, they don't just reach that city with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they get onto the streets and they get down in the community and they find out the needs in that city and they go after the poor and they go after the marginalized. That's what they do as a church. So as we plant and empower and equip and financially sow into these young church planters, there's a ripple effect, or a, a effect a ripple effect all across our nation. And that's what you're a part of. So when we stand up here and we talk about ARC, you know why it matters so much to the heartbeat of this house. I was on the phone this week. Actually, I was emailing back and forth and texting with Pastor Roberta from Rose Church in Winnipeg. Some of the bravest people I have ever met because they planted Rose Church last year. In the middle of a pandemic, they planted Rose Church online. And I was talking to her this week, and I was like, come on, girl, what are you guys doing? Tell me some stories. What's happening in your city? And she talked about the organizations that they're involved in. An organization called Shalom, an organization with youth, Manitoba Harvest, feeding people through the food bank. In fact, they just donated a bunch of soccer gear to kids in underprivileged areas so they can go and they can play soccer on a team. And not just play soccer, but hear about Jesus as well too. Come on, church, you investing in the next generation. It's happening not just in our city, but it's happening all around the nation of Canada as we invest in local churches through ARC. Because this isn't Pastor Shane and Pastor Rachel's church. This isn't my church. This is Jesus's church. Come on. And he said this. He said it in Matthew 16. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on. We're simply partnering with Jesus's church throughout our nation to meet the needs of the poor 
to meet the needs of the vulnerable. That's what we're doing in our nation. And finally today, come on, our city, our backyard. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's your city. That's Coquitlam. That's Burnaby. That's Surrey, Langley, Port Moody. I love that the collection of families from Resident Church come from all around the lower mainland. It's your backyard. It's what we do as a church on the local front. You know, the last 18 months have been challenging to say the least. And I just want to celebrate right now what our serve team has accomplished in that time. And I want to give some honor right now and celebrate Jane Bowman. I don't know if she's in the room right now. I saw her this morning. Where is she? She's right up front. Come on, put your hands together and can you celebrate Jane? I'll tell you this. One of the highlights of my week is noon on Wednesdays because Jane oversees our serve ministry, our serve team here at Resonate Church, our team that's on the ground making a difference on behalf of Resonate Church. And I get to chat with Jane. It's never an hour. It's always 11 to 12 to 1, and it never goes an hour because how much faith, how much vision this lady has to reach the poor and to reach the vulnerable in, in our city is a, is a whole new level of faith. I will tell you right now, church, that we've got way more faith than we have resources. If you're thinking we have it all together, oh, I don't need to give, oh, I don't need to serve, we have got way more vision in this house than we have resources for. So I just want to celebrate you, Jane, and your team for relentlessly pursuing the poor at this time. Again, when everything is shutting down and closing off, we went from two local partners pre-COVID, two local partners. Now we have eight local partners here in our city that we are supporting on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Our serve team is going to be hanging out in the lobby today. I would encourage you, just go chat with them. Hear some stories of what's happening in the serve team. Hear what some opportunities are to serve. Come on, there's no ask of you today. There's no ask of you to sign up to anything. What I'm saying is go meet them in the lobby. Hear of the life change that's happening through serve team. It's 43 housing. It's wings ministry. It's our backpack program. Salvation Army. I feel like we've partnered with almost all, like School District 43 in general. We've been partnering with them, reaching teachers and loving on teachers. And so come on, this is what we're a part of locally. You might be wondering why I'm telling you these things. Why would Pastor Troy take an entire message to just talk about all that we're a part of in reaching towards the poor and the marginalized and the vulnerable. And the reason I'm doing it today, the reason why it's in my heart so strongly is I want to encourage you this week. Here's your one takeaway. If you're taking notes on your phone or your old school paper and pen, whatever it is, here's one action item for you this week is I want you to encourage somebody in your life who's close to you and far from God about what your church family is up to. I want you to encourage somebody in your life this week 
And let them know what your church family is up to in reaching people. Because so often our conversations, think about it. On the playground, our work environment, it's just all about what's negative and what's bad and politics and everything that's happening. Come on, you can be a light in that moment and say, you know what? This has been one of the most difficult years of my life. But you know what I'm so thankful for? Man, at church this last week, they were talking about like this backpack program they're doing where we're serving kids and families. And I'm just saying, I'm just so thankful that there is good things happening. Come on, church. There's good news happening. It's not all drab. It's not all low. There are good things happening. So I don't even need to invite you to a Love My City Saturday that's coming up on October 30th. I'm not even invited you to that. Want to know why? Because this week at work or a family member, a friend, you're going to start sharing just what God is doing, just some encouraging things. And you know what might just happen? You might just have somebody be like, you know what? I want to be a part of that. How, 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 can, I be a, how can I join? How can I be a part of serving those people, I would love to be a part of that. And in that moment, you're going to have an opportunity to invite them to be a part of what we're doing in our city. And maybe their next step in their faith, maybe their next step towards a relationship with Jesus was never an invitation to this room. But it was an invitation to join you on your arm to serving and loving your city. And for some of you right now, you've been making invitations, you've been inviting. There's one particular person maybe that comes to mind right now. And you've been inviting them to church and inviting them to church and they haven't been showing up. And right now, you know the name of that person. And you're like, you know what? This week, this week, I'm going to get on the website. I'm going to see when the next opportunity is to serve. And I'm going to invite them to show up with me to serve our city in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Come on, there's a name right now that you're thinking about that wouldn't show up to a Sunday morning service, but the next step in their faith journey towards Jesus is to be on your arm serving your city. In fact, this last serve day, we saw that play out. There's an awesome girl that attends Resonate Church online. She's watching today. They're watching her and her boyfriend say, you know who you are. She's been part of our dream team, and she invited her boyfriend to join us on serve day in July, where we all, come on, it's an all call. Whole church, show up, love people, serve our city, and they showed up to one of our Wings ministry projects, and he jumped right in, and he's shoulder to shoulder with the guys at Resonate Church, and they're fixing the top of this gazebo, and they're working hard together, and I didn't recognize him, and I was like, hey, man. Who, like, who are you? And he just introduces himself to me, and, and it's like, oh, okay, that's your girlfriend, right? I know her really well, and she invited you to be here. And I'm sitting there like, man, thank you for being here. And he's like, you know what? Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. And a little did I know, but he would actually say that he would be nervous to show up in an environment like this here. That he, he was grown up Catholic, but has been, hasn't been to church in a long, long time. And he would actually be nervous to step foot into this room. But he showed up on serve day and was surrounded by all of you. And felt the love and the connection and the community. And linking arms together to serve the needs in our city. His first step wasn't into a church service like today. His first step, other than online, which he's watching today, was to a serve day. Come on, there's someone in your world who needs to get on mission alongside you. And love some people in Jesus' name. That's what we do as a church, locally on the ground here. You know, it might be as simple as delivering food to a family in need. 
You know, Jesus said in John 13 that by this all people will, will know that you are my disciples. How will people know? I want you to hear this say, how will people know? Is it how much they read their Bible? Is it how much they pray every single day? Is it how often they attend church? And those are all really good components of our faith journey. But this is what Jesus says. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When people around you experience unconditional, judgment-free love and see how you care for and meet the needs of those who are most vulnerable, they're going to start to ask why. They're going to start to ask why. Why does it matter so much? Why does it matter? It's not all the big, huge things we're doing. There's just some small things like delivering food to families every single week in our community. Right now, we've identified 11 families. Actually, there's a 12th lady that we deliver to, an elderly lady in the community who they met while they were out delivering food, who we also now deliver food to, who is in desperate need of that support. Come on. 11 families and one beautiful elderly lady in our city. But we're out there. We're on the ground. We're getting to know these families. And Norman Dev, part of our serve team, they were out delivering food to this grandma and these four kids. And, and, and they heard the story that, that, that who lived in the house was a, a grandma, a mom, and her four kids. And the mom just recently passed away tragically. So now you've got a grandma raising these four kids. And we would have no idea, but we're there on a weekly basis showing up in their world. We know their names. We know their faces. We know who they are. And so our serve team goes into action. And we start delivering more food to them. And we start delivering school supplies to them. And even a simple pair of socks to a grandmother and kids who are grieving. Do you know the difference that makes? A pair of socks to kids and a grandma grieving the loss of a mom who are already in a position in their life where they're struggling to get by. Church, you were there. You were there. Your giving was there. Your generosity was there. You know, 2021 has been a challenging time for all of us. But my heart is, is that if 2021 is going to take us out, come on, if COVID-19 is going to take me out, if the fourth wave or the fifth wave or the 20th wave of this thing is going to take me out, come on, church, I don't know about you, but I want to go down in a blaze of generosity, I want to go down in a blaze of loving people and serving people and giving when it hurts and showing up when it hurts. Come on. If this thing's going to take us out, let's go down in a blaze of generosity because it matters. It matters. And as I said before, you think you're doing something for somebody else and then you realize that God's working on your own heart. Like you think it's about other people and it is, but it's actually about you. And so let's make this personal today. I love that we get to celebrate all that we're doing as a church, and you are all a part of it. Come on, if you serve on our dream team, if you give to Resonate, if you're an R Groups leader, if you love people in the lobby, you're a part of all of this. But let's make this personal for a moment.
God's heart for each and every one of us. God's heart for you individually today, not corporately, but individually for you, is that we would actually experience poverty, that we would actually experience a lack. And I'm not talking about a lack of food or water or clothing or shelter. I'm not talking about poverty in that way. What I'm talking about is spiritual poverty. And it might sound crazy or think spiritual poverty, what does that even mean? But we go to the words of Jesus. He says this in Matthew 5, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? simply means that we're to recognize that without Jesus, I am nothing. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Come on, church. Our best day, the best things that you could do, all the good that you do, all the nice things you do. It actually says in the Bible, it's kind of some strong language. It says it's like filthy rags because it's all done in a way. Oftentimes, it's just, it actually comes back around to being about us. See, there's this thing it's like this middle-class Christianity or spirituality that's just all about just doing good things. Like as if the goal was just to be better or to do more good or to live a moral life or to be ethical or be nice. And that, honestly, that, that is, that's religion. That empties out the true gospel, all of its power. The gospel is that God sent Jesus to earth to become nothing for you and I, to be a servant, in fact, to, to die on a cross for us. And so our response today is an emptying of our own hearts, a place of spiritual poverty where we're not relying on ourselves. We're not relying on our good deeds, on our good works to get one up on God or to earn favor in God. No, no, he loves you today right where you're at. But the goal is to get our hearts to a place where God's got a little bit more real estate, where he can speak and move and shift. Like Pastor Shane said today, we want to leave here today with a little more of God's heart inside of us. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. If you would like to give, visit weareresonate.ca. You will find all the ways to support us there. We invite you to subscribe and share this podcast by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social stories and tagging at We Are Resonate Church. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.